Merry Christmas, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to the second ever P40 Ministries podcast special. And I think this is going to be a tradition that I'm going to do yearly. I'm really excited about it. I have a lot of fun with it, and I enjoy the Christmas festivities. I think that the podcast having a special Christmas episode is very much who I am <laughs> as a person. I just really do enjoy the uh, the nostalgia and festivities of Christmas. I hope you guys enjoy it as well. And if you do, of course, please share the podcast episode on all your social media platforms. This is a great one to share because it's very, uh, very Christmassy. <laughs> but anyway, faithful listeners, today I'm going to be singing you guys a song. That's right. So listen to the entire episode if you're curious to hear what I sound like. Let me just ask you guys a question. Have you ever recorded your voice and heard it and been like, ugh? Well, I do that every single day when I record the podcast episodes. But listening to myself sing into the microphone was a whole different level of cringe for me. It was disgusting. And as I was editing it, I'm just like, oh, 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 every five seconds. <laughs> when I heard my voice, it's, oh, I do not like hearing myself sing recorded. But I hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, as you listen to it, make sure that you remember my woes as I was recording that song for you guys. Just remember how much I like you guys while you're uh, listening to that song that I recorded. But I am going to be singing that today as well as um, talking about Matthew 1 and also Luke chapter 3. This is something I haven't gone into a lot, mainly because it's very, very confusing. And it has to do with a lot of history and a lot of speculation as well. Plus, on top of that, I think this was my first ever podcast episode when I discussed Matthew chapter 1 and the genealogy of Jesus. Back then, I was not really going that in-depth with much of anything in the Bible. I was very unconfident, I should say, about talking about the Bible. So I did not really go into much the genealogy of Jesus. But one thing I did say was that the account in Matthew 1 of the genealogy of Jesus was Joseph's, and the account in Luke chapter 3 of the genealogy of Jesus was Mary's. Now, there's so many people out there, so many skeptics that believe that both of these are fabricated, because why could Jesus have two different genealogies? Well, the simple answer is Jesus had two parents. <laughs> Joseph was the supposed father of Jesus. And then Mary, of course, was Jesus's birth mother. Now we know and believe very wholeheartedly that the Spirit came on Mary and put new life into Mary while she was still a virgin. In fact, she wasn't even married to Joseph yet. They were just fiancés. So that's what we as Christians believe, is that the Holy Spirit touched Mary, touched her body, and uh, put Jesus, basically, in Mary's body. And then Mary had the baby, Jesus, and he was the Messiah. But here's the thing. Both of the genealogies talk about Joseph being the father of Jesus. So that's where the confusion comes in about the genealogies. They're like, well, then which one is actually Jesus's? What's the right answer here? Well, the right answer is that we don't know. <laughs> 
So what's the point of talking about this? You know, because if we don't actually know what the right answer is, why should we talk about it? Well, I think it's important to talk about because if these two things are in the Bible, we have to believe that they are both true. We can't just pick and choose what we believe out of the Bible and say, oh, this one's true, this one's not, because then we don't know what we believe. At that point, we're adding our own beliefs and own emotions into the Bible. So it's ridiculous to be like, oh, I believe this and this and this out of the Bible, but not that or that or that. We have to look at all of it and believe that it's all true. That is the point of Christianity is faith in God and faith that the entire Bible is truly of God and was inspired completely by God. So I'd like to go into both the genealogies and actually talk about them a little bit. So the first one I want to talk about is the one in Matthew chapter 1, which is the very first part of the New Testament, which talks about the genealogy of Jesus Christ. So it says that Jesus Christ was the son of David, the son of Abraham. That is the first verse in Matthew chapter 1. And I'm reading out of the W.E.B. version just to let you guys know. So many people think that this is the account of Joseph's genealogy. But other people think that this is the account of Mary's genealogy. And still others think that this is Jesus's like spiritual <laughs> genealogy. Like, you know, because he's a king and, and this mentions all the kings. I don't necessarily believe that. I think this is a true uh, genealogy. Whether it's from Mary or Joseph, I don't know. But I would like to talk about both of them. So it talks about, you know, David's descendants. King David was the most popular king in the history of Jewish culture. And he was the one that was basically blessed by God. Now, this genealogy goes into King David's sons, starting with Solomon. It says that David became the father of Solomon by her who had been Uriah's wife. Now, we know that that is Bathsheba, but her name is not actually mentioned. Her, her actual name is not mentioned in Jesus's genealogy, which I find rather interesting because there's two other women that are mentioned in this uh, genealogy. First and foremost, it's the woman Tamar, which we talked about very briefly, who was Judah's daughter-in-law. We talked about that way back in Genesis and that whole fiasco that happened. But this genealogy mentions Tamar's name. And then it also mentions, oh, I'm sorry, there's three women here. The next woman is mentioned Rahab. She was a prostitute. And we haven't talked about um, her yet. But this woman is also in the genealogy. And then it says that Ruth... Is mentioned. Ruth would be uh, David's, I believe, great-grandmother, if I'm thinking correctly. So Ruth is the last woman specifically mentioned by name in Jesus's genealogy. And then, of course, the woman who is Uriah's wife, which would be the mother of Solomon. So the interesting thing about this particular genealogy is that it mentions this man named Jeconiah. We don't know who Jeconiah is. <laughs> we know who Josiah is. He's a king from the line of David. And it says that Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. So Josiah the king had these sons. And it says that he had several sons. I believe there is four, four sons that... Josiah had. And if we look at 1 Chronicles 3.15, it mentions the sons 
of Josiah. It says the son of, sons of Josiah were Jehonan the firstborn, Jehiakim the second son, Zedekiah the third, and Shalom the fourth. Basically, there's no Jeconiah mentioned or Je- Jeconiah mentioned as one of Josiah's sons. Well, most people think that this son, Jeconiah, is actually this man named Jehoiakim, which was the second son of Josiah. But here's the thing. Jehoiakim was cursed by God. Okay, he was fully cursed by God in the book of Jeremiah. So it says here, if you look in Jeremiah 36, verses 27 through 31, this man Jehoiakim is the king. Jeremiah had given him a scroll and Jehoiakim the king decided to burn it. He just didn't want to hear it. So God gets angry because those were the words of the Lord. So it says here in verse 27, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll and the words which Baruch had written at the dictation of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll and write on it all the previous words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, this is what the Lord says. You have burned this scroll saying, why have you written on it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land and will make mankind and animals disappear from it. Therefore, this is what the Lord says concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah. He shall have no one to sit on the throne of David and his dead body shall be thrown out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will also punish him, his descendants, and his servants for their wrongdoing, and I will bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the people of Judah all the disaster that I have declared to them, because they did not listen. So this is declaring that Jehoiakim the king at this time, because of his uh, terrible act of burning that scroll that was from God's own mouth, basically, he's going to be cursed. And not only is he going to be cursed, but his descendants are going to be cursed and he will have no one to sit on the throne of David. So if this is the same guy mentioned here in Matthew chapter 1, in verse 11, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. Then this man, Jeconiah, if this is the same king, Jehoiakim, he wouldn't have an heir that would ever sit on David's throne again. So that means that Jesus would not sit on David's throne. That is, if you look at it as being prophecy up to the time of Jesus. And this is why this uh, genealogy listed here in Matthew, why people speculate that this is actually Joseph's genealogy and not Mary's, because, of course, Mary's genealogy would be Jesus's true birth genealogy. And that's the one that really matters, uh, according to people. Though I personally believe that they both matter because um, imagine if Joseph's genealogy was not listed, people would be like, oh, well, Jesus doesn't have full ties to King David. And of course, we know that Jesus had to be of the line of King David. But the reason why people speculate so strongly that this is Joseph's genealogy listed here in Matthew is because of this Jeconia guy that we don't know a whole lot about, whether he's King Jehoiakim or not, we don't know. But if he is, in fact, King Jehoiakim and King Jehoiakim was cursed to not have any descendants to sit on David's throne, that's why people believe that this is, in fact, Joseph's genealogy. But then other people still want to say that this is Mary's genealogy 
because this prophecy had already been fulfilled, uh, Jeconia or Jehoiakim or whatever he is, he went to Babylon in exile and uh, didn't ever have any more sons that sat on David's throne. And the kings were just kind of removed by that point in a way. So that already got fulfilled. And Jesus would, in fact, if he was of the line of Jehoiakim through Mary, would still be okay to be the Messiah and sit on King David's throne. So we don't know. I mean, we have no clue if that prophecy was fulfilled by the time of Jesus and Jesus was, in fact, of the line of Jehoiakim or Jeconia or whoever this guy is. And he was in the clear to be the king, you know, because he is going to be the king. And that's okay because that prophecy was fulfilled. Now, of course, we could also say that Jeconia is not this guy. He is not Jehoiakim. He's just another son of Josiah. And this, this uh, curse in Jeremiah does not even apply to this guy. Now, the other thing is, is it says at the end here that Jacob became the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, from whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. This kind of implies that if Mary was an only child, which most people believe that she was, because one of these genealogies had to be of Mary. There's just no other logical conclusion if, you know, we believe fully that the Bible is true, that one of these has to be Joseph and one of these has to be Mary. And we know that Jesus comes from the seed of the woman. So whatever Mary's genealogy is would kind of be Jesus's true genealogy. So it says here in verse 16 of Matthew 1 that Jacob became the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, from whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. So that could imply that through marriage, Jacob became the father of Joseph who was the husband of Mary. So it, it could be implied that Matthew 1 is actually the genealogy of Mary and that Joseph became the son of Jacob through marriage. So that could be implied as well. And if Mary was in fact an only child, back in these days, women could not actually have her genealogy passed on to the son, if that makes sense. Because women did not have the same status as men. But if a woman was an only child, if she married from her own tribe, which she did, because uh, Joseph was in fact also of the tribe of Judah, and so was Mary. If she married within her own tribe, she would become the uh, person who was allowed to have the inheritance of her father. And then at that point, her genealogy would pass down to the child through her father. And through her husband, if that makes sense. So that is why it could be implied that this Matthew 1 genealogy is in fact Mary's. And Mary's genealogy was passed down. And this is the line of Jesus through Mary. But we don't know. This could also just be Joseph's line. Because back then, it was assumed that Joseph was Jesus's father. So having Joseph's genealogy in the Bible would have been important to the Jewish people back in these days as well. That was just a cultural thing that would have been very important. And if Matthew is as logical as I assume he is, because he was the tax collector who was uh, Jesus' disciple, then maybe, yes, he did, in fact, write Joseph's lineage here rather than Mary's. It's really interesting to go back and look at this stuff. And, you know, one thing I should mention moving forward is that 
we can look at this stuff and look at the history of everything. And But it says in the Bible that there are some things that we're just not going to know. You know, God sealed those things up to the end of the age so that there are just mysteries in the Bible that we won't really know. But okay, moving forward into Luke chapter 3, which is another genealogy of Jesus. It says here in verse 23, when he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years old, being as was completely held the son of Joseph, the son of Eli. So here's another one that mentions Joseph being Jesus's father and how this genealogy could be Joseph's too. Most people believe, though, that this is actually Mary's genealogy. In fact, this is the most popular belief is that this one found in Luke chapter 3 is actually Mary's genealogy. And it could, it could very well be because some versions of the Bible actually add in Joseph, the son of Eli, by marriage. There's actually versions that add that in. The AMP specifically adds in of marriage implying that this is Mary's true genealogy. Luke talks a lot about Mary in particular and how she was feeling and, you know, the angel coming to her and different things. So a lot of people think that because Luke was focusing so hard on Mary during the beginning uh, chapters of his book, that this in fact is truly Mary's genealogy. And it could be because of her marriage to Joseph, and if she was the only child and she married Joseph, who was the same tribe as her, Heli's inheritance would now pass down to Mary and her husband, and thus Mary could transmit David's royal inheritance to Jesus, if that makes sense. I'm not exactly sure if that does. But yeah, so some people, most people actually speculate that this account in Luke chapter 3 is Mary's genealogy. And there's quite a bit of evidence to imply that it is in fact Mary's genealogy. And the one that sticks out to me the most is actually the last verse, verse 38, which says, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Luke goes all the way down to God here, like from the creation of the earth. He went all the way back to God, kind of proving that Jesus was the son of God himself. Whereas the account in Matthew does not do that. It goes to Abraham. Abraham was the first person mentioned in the Matthew account, whereas God is the first person mentioned in uh, the Luke account. So to me, that's kind of evidence that maybe this was, in fact, Mary's uh, lineage. But a lot of people say that, you know, because Mary's linea lineage does not mention Solomon, it can't actually be Jesus's lineage because there's too much to imply that Solomon was going to be one of Jesus's ancestors. Uh, yeah, maybe, but I don't... <laughs> I was researching that a little bit, but I didn't see a lot of biblical ev evidence to say that Solomon specifically was going to be Jesus's direct ancestor. It was always tied back to King David. So this Luke genealogy is a different line of David. This would be David's other son, Nathan, through a different mother. Because remember, the Messiah was supposed to be of the line of King David. That was a for sure thing. That was what was prophesied about the Messiah. He had to be of the line of King David. Whether or not he was of the line of 
King Solomon? I don't know. I mean, King Solomon was one of David's sons, and King Solomon is mentioned in the Matthew genealogy, but he's not mentioned here in the Luke genealogy. But one thing that was a given is that the Messiah definitely had to be of King David. So yeah, you have to remember that whatever genealogy is Joseph's, whether it's this one or Luke or the one in Matthew, that would not actually be Jesus's genealogy exactly. It would be his genealogy by um, adoption, but not necessarily by birth. But once again, very important for it to still be in scripture that Jesus was completely tied to the lineage of David, either through Joseph, who was his adopted earthly father, or through Mary. So it's, it's important either way that Joseph's genealogy be in scripture to prove that Jesus was all around tied to King David. And plus on top of that, like I said, back then it would have been very culturally important for Jesus's supposed father to have his genealogy written. And that would have helped a lot of Jews in Jesus's time period to come to faith that he was the Messiah. But anyway, moving forward, the Luke genealogy here goes into the King David and his son Nathan. Now, fun fact, I was reading some Jewish articles that talked a little bit about Nathan, and there is some evidence that Nathan may have been childless. So Nathan got married to a woman who did not have any children before Nathan died. Now, I, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but this is just some history, um, or at least supposed history that I read online, on like some Jewish articles when I was studying this. That Nathan, it's possible, did not have any children. And because of the Levite law in this uh, time period, the woman who married Nathan, if he died before giving her children, she would have become the wife of one of his brothers. And some people think that the brother that she married was Solomon. That was literally the law. That the wife would be married to the brother and he would produce an heir for that woman. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but if it is... Technically, this son here of Nathan, Matatha is what it says, would actually be Solomon's son. But it would be under Nathan's name because that was the law back then. That if a widow had no children when her husband died, the brother of that man would take her in and produce an heir for her and for his dead brother. And it would be under the name of that dead brother, but not under the name of the new husband, which in this case might have been Solomon or might have not been Solomon. I don't know, but I find that kind of interesting that possibly Mary's line is also of Solomon, not necessarily in name, but it could just be that Nathan did in fact have a child. And this is of the line of Nathan, which was also of the lineage of David. But like I said, so many people believe that this in fact is the account of Mary's lineage here in Luke chapter 3. Other people believe that Matthew's account was Mary's lineage, but I don't know. I mean, we truly don't know the answer, but we do know that both of these are, in fact, Jesus's lineage. But, you know, going into the history of both, very, very interesting. Um, what do I personally believe? I kind of lean towards the one in Luke might be Mary's lineage and thus Jesus's birth mother's lineage. That, that's personally what I believe Luke chapter 3 is. I don't know, though. I mean, I think there's some strong evidence for Matthew also being uh, Mary's lineage. But either way, it's still important 
it's still important that Joseph's lineage is mentioned and so is Mary's. But that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today and give you guys a little history lesson into who Jesus is. And we know here that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. He was in fact of the line of David specifically and that he is coming back and he is going to rule forever and ever. And we're going to be under his leadership. You and I are going to be under his leadership just because of the fact that he came to the earth 2,000 years ago to become a baby and to save us from our sins and someday to come back in the future and to reign forever and ever. Friends and faithful listeners, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. And and if you did, you know, like and share it and also uh, rate it. I heard that Spotify now has a rating system for podcasts. So if you listen on Spotify, please rate the podcast so that other people can find it. Now, friends, don't forget, I'm going to be taking Monday and Tuesday off from the podcast. And Wednesday, I'll be back full force with season three of the P40 Ministries podcast. So tune in then. But friends, like I promised, here is me singing a very well-loved Christmas song, Silent Night. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. listener, I hope you enjoyed this special Christmas episode by P40 Ministries podcast. But you know what? I just want you guys to have a very Merry Christmas. And as always, happy listening, Merry Christmas, and God bless. Bye.